Welcome back, everybody, to Story Symbol Spirit, a podcast on how to make sense of scripture. My name is John McCambridge, and I am joined, as always, by... I'm Jackie Mitchell. Jackie, hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Yeah. I hope everyone out there had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Hope you had a peaceful time with Mm. your friends and family. Mm. Uh, But if there was tension or if there was drama, as we're going to see today Mm -hmm. in Genesis 29, that happens sometimes. It's pretty normal. Family drama. Yeah. Right? This is a tale as old as time, as they say. And so it was true in biblical times. It's true today. Now, I, after, I got thrown off after last week's episode because... I started to ask you about Thanksgiving food, and you told me that we've already talked about that. I think, or Christmas food, but we talked but about the not, similarities. We, between, we were not recording during Thanksgiving hey, last year. No, I year. agree, but I remember us talking about So do you want to talk about it again? Oh, so I've got about nothing more to say food about it. Do you again? want? Yeah. Good green bean casserole, everything going okay with that? Yeah, well, we had a Staffsgiving. That was fun. That was fun. That and was everybody fun. brought stuff. I made a, a, a green bean casserole with canned green beans. Yeah, and you humble bragged that there wasn't much left. You just kind of threw that out there. Well, there's yeah, not it's... much left of anybody's stuff. <laughs> I just want to say, but it's true. Most of it got eaten. Yeah. But there was there was maybe one too many pies. I think some people read the list wrong, and mm-hmm. we had like a good like six to eight pies mm-hmm. on that table. Yeah, I think someone sabotaged the list. Is actually what happened. I won't. I won't name names, but someone crossed out the pie that I was bringing from the list as a joke, and so everyone else said, "Oh, I need to bring a pie because someone's not bringing yeah. a pie anymore." It was Matthew. Yeah, I won't name names, but it was Matthew, Matthew McVeigh. McVeigh who works at 514 What's Church. the social security number? Maybe, maybe, <laughs> I'll let me, let me pull it up the, here. Let me get to the bottom of it. Now, Jackie, this might be a little too close to home. Here's my, my question for you. Oh, no. Is uh, It kind of seems like maybe you come from a family where there's not a lot of family drama. Is that true? Yeah, I would say that's pretty true. Yeah, I, so yeah my family's pretty not, chill. I mean, my brother and I bickered growing up, but mm-hmm. other than that, no like large scale family drama. So no. like when you guys all get together now, you and your brother, and you're not going at it anymore. You guys are past that? Mostly. Sometimes you ever go home and you're like, I'm well into like my adulthood. But like when you're around all your siblings, you're like, there's stuck. that thing that like, yeah, I'm 15 like 15 again. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stuck at 15. My brother and I act so stupid when we're <laughs> around each other. It's like by like the sixth day of Christmas yeah. break, I'm like, stop it. Don't do that. So we're like, <laughs> like old. We have families and we're just like acting like we're 15. Exactly. I know. Yeah. Other than that. No, no. Besides that. Yeah. You're, you're, you're pretty good. <laughs> yeah. My brother uh, stayed with us this week. Oh yeah. Uh, so, you know, Jen is sick of us. Yeah. Acting <laughs> Bickering, like 15 year olds. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Jackie, should we get into this? I think should so. Should we do it? Uh, today, Genesis chapter 29, we're going to see Jacob get a wife. Actually, going to get a couple wives. Yeah. More, more than you bargained for. More than for. you bargained for, for sure. We're going to see him get taken advantage of by his father-in-law and uncle, <laughs> Laban. Yeah. And soon, uh, not today, but but next uh, episode, we're going to see the, the beginning of the generation of mm-hmm. his children, the birth mm-hmm. of his children. So we're only going to go through one through 30 today because that's like a separate story. And then after that, going into to chapter 30, uh, the end of 29 into 30, that's when the children start to be born. Mm-hmm. And the children are going to be important because what we're going to see in the future is that Jacob's name is going to get changed to Israel, mm. Yitzrael. And we will talk about why once we get there, but Israel is going to have 12 sons mm-hmm. and then that's going to be the 12 tribes of Israel. Mm-hmm. Right? And so when in the Old Testament, when you read the translation, it says Israelites, it almost always in terms of the wooden language is actually the sons of Israel. Yeah. Technically the sons of Jacob, mm-hmm. right? Because that's Jacob's name. So this is the beginning of those origin stories. And this is how, uh, you know, his wives come come to be, mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting. So uh, why don't we, why don't we recap a little bit? Uh, we, we, we don't have to go back too far. Let's, let's just back to Genesis 27, right? Mm-hmm. We saw uh, Isaac, Jacob's father, 
who was blind, his eyes were dim, became mm-hmm. also spiritually blind. He tried to give his blessing and the inheritance, including the redemptive purpose of God to Esau. Yes. Who uh, already showed himself quite unworthy of it. Yeah. Untrustworthy, despised it. Uh, but thanks to Rebecca, the mother of the covenant is saved. And so mm-hmm. uh, Jacob, the one who's supposed to receive the covenant, deceives his father at, at Rebecca, his mother's behest. And the blessing goes to Jacob. And so Rebecca really saves the day mm-hmm. in that way. The, the the ring that you just heard in the background was producer Jerry. He decided to stay today, uh, which to blessed us with his podcast. presence, but did not silence his phone. Uh, and so, so Rebecca is the hero of that story, <laughs> right? Which is yeah. not usually the way that we, yeah, we tend to think that about it. An interesting conversation. And then we we saw, kind of conjectured, that Isaac maybe saw the heir in his ways. In a way, yeah, he at least seems to go ahead and bless Jacob. Yeah, he blesses. It's not him like again. he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, he reblesses. Yeah, knowing <laughs> that it's Jacob. Yeah, <laughs> without feeling his hairy arms yeah. and sends him to uh, Rebecca's relatives. Right. Mm-hmm. So so. Uh, uh, Isaac's wife, Rebecca, uh, she was sent with Abraham's servant to be Isaac's wife, but the negotiation happened with a guy named Laban, Rebecca's mm-hmm. brother. Mm-hmm. So Rebecca sends uh, Jacob uh, with with Isaac's blessing back to Laban to find uh, a wife. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of saw the, the same sort of maybe movement towards repentance from Esau. Yeah. Who's going to disappear here for, for a few chapters. Mm-hmm. But he had married Canaanite wives, which grieved his parents. Mm-hmm. He had threatened to kill Jacob for taking his blessing. And then he sold his birthright for, for a bowl of soup, mm-hmm. right? And so this same Esau last chapter maybe is coming to repentance. And the reason that we said that is because he saw how his marriage to the Canaanite women grieved his parents. And mm-hmm. so he went to the sons of Ishmael. Yeah. Who's, who's from the line of Abraham, right? Uh, and takes another wife. And so maybe he's moving towards that repentance. We'll see how that all works out in a couple chapters. And then the last thing that we saw last chapter, which is very interesting, was yeah. Jacob had a crazy dream. Very weird dream. Right? Yeah. Um, what's the what's the supplement that helps you sleep? Oh what's my gosh. Called? Melatonin. Yeah, melatonin. I can't Sometimes take that. Sometimes people get crazy dreams with melatonin. That's right? me. I can't take it. Yeah, so Jacob had a melatonin dream. Yeah, that's literally what I feel like on melatonin. <laughs> uh, and uh, we talked about that in detail last time, but yeah. there was a stairway, right? Mm-hmm. Not a, not not specifically a ladder, but yeah. a stairway that went up to the top of what was probably uh-huh. a giant ziggurat. Angels right? were descending and ascending yeah. up and down that. And why are the angels going up and down on the stairs? Mm, because they're going to the place of God. Yeah, it's connected to heaven, yeah. right? So this is like the gate of heaven, the yeah. stairway to heaven. And so that must be the house of God. Mm-hmm. So Jacob wakes up and then what's he named the place? Bethel, house yeah. of God. House of God, Bethel. And he makes an altar there. He promises to tithe, to give God a tenth of everything. And uh, there's like some really stunning Christological things there that we talked about last yeah, time. Yeah, absolutely. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to it. I'm not going to recap it here, but that's going to be very important for, for Christians. And so that's kind of where we are right now. Yeah. Jacob's on his way to Rebecca's family to mm-hmm. find a wife. He's going by himself. Yeah. Right? And so all that's going to become kind of important as we get into this. So let's get into Genesis 29. Before we do, please like, subscribe, give us a review, give us a rating, share with a friend, uh, and let's go ahead and get started. Then Jacob continued on his journey and came to the land of the Eastern peoples. There he saw a well in the open country with three flocks of sheep lying near it because the flocks were watered from that well. The stone over the mouth of the well was large. When all the flocks were gathered there, the shepherds would roll the stone away from the well's mouth and water the sheep. Then they would return the stone to its place over the mouth of the well. Jacob asked the shepherds, my brothers, where are you from? 
We're from Haran, they replied. He said to them, do you know Laban, Nahor's grandson? Yes, we know him, they answered. Then Jacob asked them, is he well? Yes, he is, they said. And here comes his daughter, Rachel, with the sheep. Look, he said, the sun is still high. It is not time for the flocks to be gathered. Water the sheep and take them back to the pasture. We can't, they replied, until all the flocks are gathered and the stone has been rolled away from the mouth of the well. Then we will water the sheep. So, so, well, first of all, Jackie, that was eight verses. Well, well done. Someone told you recently Thank you had you. a soothing voice, right? That's true. Yeah. That's not my experience with you. <laughs> I know. I think I told, I, yeah, someone came up to me and told me and I said, I don't think my coworkers feel that way. <laughs> Oh, but thank soothing. you. I appreciate that. <laughs> interesting. Interesting <laughs> description. Um, all right. So so the, what you just read, it kind of seems like just like a random, you know, almost like small talk, right? Like, like Yeah. It kind of feels like, okay, like what's the happening. point of this? Yeah. And so if you're just reading through the Bible, like this is one of the parts where you're, you're just kind of mm-hmm. getting through, right? Tempted to skip it. And what's just interesting, and this is what we're trying to do on this podcast, is is there's so much in here that's, mm-hmm. that's very interesting and mm-hmm. strange and, and it kind of matters going forward. And so... Uh, the verse here, which you can't see in English, but it actually begins with an interesting Hebrew phrase because the translation is, then Jacob continued his journey. But the Hebrew is actually, then Jacob lifted up his feet. Oh. And hmm. went. And it's interesting to commentators because it's the only time that phrase is used. Oh, really? So there's all this talk about people going places, right? But in the Hebrew, that phrase is only ever used here. And so that's, those are the kinds of things if you want to get your PhD, mm-hmm. like you have to think about, like you have to study that kind of mm. stuff, right? So there's lots of, uh, you know, suggestions as to what this means. I don't really think that there's like a consensus, but I think it's interesting, yeah. you know, that that's here in the story that is about how the nation of Israel is going to begin. The sons mm-hmm. of Israel are mm-hmm. going to begin, right? So my, my, my guess would be it has something to do with the fact that he just met God. Mm. <laughs> so he's got like a, a, new, a new step in his walk, you know, he just Happen met God. Step, at, yeah, you know, yeah, he's like, got, all right, let's go. Met God at Bethel. It's like, yeah, that God's on his side. And so yeah. uh, he's going to go where God's telling him to go. And so he gets going, he lifts up his feet and mm-hmm. goes, he moves to the East, mm-hmm. right? Which we know what that means. Yeah. So maybe there's trouble. Could be. On the horizon. We'll see. And where's he go? What's To city? Haran. So is it, what, why is that familiar to us? That's where Abraham's from. Yeah. So Abraham's like technically from Ur. Mm-hmm. And then he and his his father Terah and their household settle in Haran. In Haran, yeah. And then from Haran is where God calls mm-hmm. Abraham to go west to the promised land. So now Jacob lifts up his feet and, and goes back there, goes, yeah. goes back to Haran. And we find him back at a well. Mm-hmm. So there's all this talk about wells in the Bible. We've already gone through this a little bit before. Uh, but here there's a bunch of repetition. And in the Bible, repetition means importance. And so something important is happening at the well. And the stone that's over the mouth of the well, right? This, both of those things keep being mentioned. Mm-hmm. They want us to know that there's, there's a well, and they want us to know that there's a stone over the, yes. the, the yeah. mouth of the well, we get right? That. Yeah, absolutely. I think the word well is used like 17 times in the first 14 verses or something. Wow. And uh, we've talked about how wells have symbolic significance, mm-hmm. right? So what's the symbolic significance of wells, broadly speaking? Yeah, we talked about how in the desert, they're a symbol of life or mm. or you know, vitality and um, their, their symbolisms basically of the garden, right? Yeah, the Garden of Eden, right? Um, uh, wives are often met at wells. Mm, that's <laughs> true, yes, yeah. 
Great uh, place if you're single yeah, to hang good. out around. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it, and that's because it represents, you know, a well is like, like you said, vitality, life, uh-huh. fertility. And uh, in fact, uh, Adam met his wife kind of at a well. Mm. Because in the garden in Genesis 2, there's water. Yeah. But where's the water come from? Comes from Eden, correct? Yeah, it comes up from the ground. Yeah. Right? So it's not rainwater yeah. at first. It's Oh, that's it's, true. Yeah. It's like, it's like a well, right? Mm-hmm. It's like water mm-hmm. coming up from the ground. That's where Adam meets his wife. And so the, the, the archetype marriage happens kind of at a well. Yeah. Isaac's wife is found at a well. Rebecca, Moses is going to meet his wife at a well. Yes. Jesus is going to meet a woman yeah. at the well. And she's going to believe in him. Mm-hmm. And go tell every everybody, uh, all all the other uh, Samaritans. Mm-hmm. And if you believe in Jesus, you're the church, mm-hmm. and the church is the bride of Christ. Yes, right. So so you see this go all the way through the the whole the whole Bible. And so here we go. Mm-hmm. This is a story about Jacob finding a wife, and and Jacob's the new Isaac. And we saw that Isaac had a ministry of wells, right? He had, we saw that all those stories and the dealings with mm-hmm. the Philistines and Abimelech. And so I, I think this is, this is promising. Mm-hmm. And Jacob meets some people at this well. And this is what one of our coworkers, shout yeah. out to Robert Bell, <laughs> says is the first dad joke of the Bible. <laughs> so what's the, what's the dad joke? Yeah, they're standing at the the well and Jacob asks if he knows Laban. They're like, yeah, we know him. And Jacob says, oh, is he well? <laughs> so dumb. So funny. Uh, now that doesn't, that, that only works in English. Yeah, it doesn't work anywhere else. Yeah, <laughs> Which I ex- wasn't intentional. Yeah, I was explaining to Robert, but, but it is funny. <laughs> like, is he well? Is he well? And the way Robert tells it is even funnier. No, no offense to you. Because he laughs through the whole thing. Too. Yeah, he, yeah, it's very funny. So, <laughs> so the Hebrew there, is he well, is actually shalom. Yeah. Is he shalom, which we tend to translate as like, peace. Is he peaceful? Is he at peace? Is he at peace? Yeah. Are things the way that they should be? Is, mm. is, is it whole, right? Wellness. Uh, and so they say he is well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is shalom. He is well. And then they say, look, there's his daughter, Rachel, mm. which seems like a shocking Great timing. revelation, right? Yeah. Uh, so Rachel, the Hebrew is Rachel, and uh, it, it means like uh, you, E-W-E. Like a like a little like, like female lamb, a, a female lamb, mm. right? So it means it means lamb, and it's like in the flow of this conversation, there's all this small talk at first. Where are you from? Yeah. <laughs> How's Laban? Yeah. And then it's like there's a revelation. Mm-hmm. There's Rachel, right? She's revealed. It's the poetic climax of of the the style of of this text, right? Yeah. And so Rachel shows up, and and now there's this stone in front of the well. And as Rachel's walking up, they have a discussion about whether they should move it and water the sheep. Yeah, that's so interesting that it's there. Yeah. And that just kind of seems weird, right? I know, because you're like, here's Rachel. Oh my gosh, could it be the wife? Yeah. Anyways, should we water these sheep? Yeah. Or, saying, yeah. What should I move we do about the stone? Or what's yeah. And so they say, like the, the other shepherds say they have to the wait uh, until the sheep are gathered, mm-hmm. you know, all the sheep, and then they can move the stone and water the sheep. And so... Uh, one of the things that's kind of interesting, and this is like somewhat neither here nor there in terms of the biblical story, but in terms of ancient times and wells and all this, uh, this is kind of how you deal with it in a community sense. Okay. Because you have to keep the wells covered. Mm-hmm. And so then, stuff doesn't get into yeah, it. Yeah, so stuff yeah. doesn't get into it. So it doesn't, you know, the water doesn't get spoiled uh, with like debris and, yeah. and stuff. Sure. Uh, animals, right? Right. Uh, and, and so um, you put a stone in front of it, you cover it. Well, when do you take the covering away? Well, the community, the area has an agreed upon time that everyone brings their 
their flocks to the well. Mm-hmm. Because if everyone was just going to the well whenever they wanted and watering their sheep, then there would be conflict if all the water was gone. Oh, and you wouldn't know like who did to they, blame. Did they take all the yeah. water? What'd or they do just, well, I water? saw this guy at the well and now right. there's no water. Yeah. And so this is like, you know, peacemaking in an, in an ancient culture. Mm-hmm. This is community in an ancient culture. You know, we, we come together at this time of, of day. This is when the sheep are, are watered. These are the ground rules for the and well. So we're all yeah. here, right? Everyone here, everyone accounted for. Okay, let's move the, mm-hmm. the rock. Let's water the, the sheep. And so once Rachel gets there, it seems like it's time. Yeah. Right? So let's do nine through 15. While he was still talking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep for she was a shepherd. When Jacob saw Rachel, daughter of his uncle Laban and Laban's sheep, he went over and rolled the stone away from the mouth of the well and watered his uncle's sheep. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and began to weep aloud. He had told Rachel that he was a relative of her father and a son of Rebekah, so she ran and told her father. As soon as Laban heard the news about Jacob, his sister's son, he hurried to meet him. He embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his home, and there Jacob told him all these things. Then Laban said to him, You are my own flesh and blood. After Jacob had stayed with him for a whole month, Laban said to him, Just because you are a relative of mine, should you work for me for nothing? Tell me what your wages should be. Yes, there's a lot going on here. The first thing that I take away is that... uh, this is a good. This is a good strategy for for finding a wife. Is if there's a girl that you like, you should go up to her in public and then weep aloud and cry, kiss her, kiss her and then <laughs> push like a big stone. You think, you think yeah, it work? Do, <laughs> not for me, but you know. I don't know. You might. It might be like so unexpected. You'd be like, "Whoa!" Got to stand out at, around the competition this guy's at least. Weeping yeah. about over me. No one's cried over me. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Uh, so, so the stones rolled away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, once Rachel gets there. And the, it seems like, you know, kind of what this is saying is that the community is formed now, Mm -hmm. right? So that's everyone they were waiting for, apparently. And it's time to water the flocks. So, so we talk about symbol a lot in this podcast. It's part of our hermeneutics. So there's some symbology going on here with the numbers. How many flocks are there? There were originally three Mm -hmm. and then Rachel brings one, right? right? So now there's four, right? And we talked about how wells represent Eden, the Mm -hmm. blessing of the Edenic garden, and now there and, and there were there were rivers in Eden. Mm-hmm. How many rivers? Four. Four rivers in Eden. And so there's four rivers going out of Eden. Now there's four flocks here. There's there's water flowing out of Eden. Now there's water coming up out of the well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was Adam and a woman in Eden, and now there's Jacob and a woman here. And so you see these symbolism, yeah. these connections. It's pretty cool. So Jacob waters Rachel's sheep, and you know she's a shepherd. She's a shepherdess. Yeah, if you will. And so she's used to watering her own sheep. She, she knows how to do this. Cool tidbit. When I was growing up, I thought shepherds were all guys in the Bible. Nice mm. to know. She Nice to know Rebecca could do it too. That's right. Rachel. Yeah, Rachel. Oh, sorry. Rachel. And so- Sorry, uh, Rebecca. I do confuse those two names. Yeah, it's, it's like, all the R names. And yeah. Um, so now like he's doing it for her. Yeah. And what's kind of interesting is it says over and over again, I don't know if you notice this, is it says Laban and it says uh, uncle. Yep. It's her uncle's flocks. Mm-hmm. She's the daughter of Laban. Mm-hmm. And so there's this repetition that's trying to get us to see that this belongs to Laban. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons that this is important, I think, is because you're going to see at the end of this story that the sheep are going to come to belong to Jacob. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be this whole saga yeah. that happens between yeah. Jacob and Laban. Yeah. But then at the end, the sheep belong to Jacob. And so uh, the Bible's emphasizing that that it really wants you to know these sheep now belong to Laban because at the end of the story, you're going to see the sheep belong to Jacob, mm-hmm. uh, at least the offspring of the sheep, mm-hmm. you know, the flock. And it wants you to know this. And uh, if you remember the story of Abraham's servant, 
meeting Rebecca, Jacob's mm-hmm. mother. This is inverted here mm-hmm. because Rebecca waters Jacob's camels. camels. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, uh, the, the servant's camels, right? Mm-hmm. And here Jacob waters Rachel's camels. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, like mother, mm-hmm. like son, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. And so they talk. He weeps over the situation, probably about, you know, finding kinfolk. Yeah. I right. mean, so far we've seen when people come from another place and meet their mm. their kinfolk, there's rejoicing. There's rejoicing. Certainly. Yeah. So and not like a sad weeping, you don't think? No, I don't think so. I think it's like cel- it's like celebratory yeah. because, yeah. Uh, you know, he's been through some stuff. Like, why is he mm-hmm. running right now? Yeah. He's running from his family yeah. drama. His yeah. brother's going to kill him. Yeah. So he's come all this way. He comes to a well. All of a sudden there's Rachel. She mm-hmm. says, my father's Laban. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he's he's rejoicing that he's found mm-hmm. what he's coming, he's looking for. And so she, uh, Rachel runs to Laban and tells him, Laban comes out and Laban kisses Jacob. Mm-hmm. And I think it says in the translation, flesh and blood, but but he says, you're, you're my bone and my flesh, mm-hmm. which is actually family words, mm-hmm. right? It means like you're, yeah, it means you're, that's why we translate it like that is because we would yeah. say you're my blood. Yeah. Uh, but you're my you're my bone and my flesh, and um, he's excited to see him. Mm-hmm. Now, it's going to be interesting about the situation with Laban is you're going to see that Laban's like not the best guy. No. And uh, do you remember what happened when Abraham came to Laban? When mm. Abraham's servant came to him, he gave him all kinds of good stuff. Yes, <laughs> he yeah, brought like a true. caravan of yeah. riches. Right? Yeah, that's true. And so now Abraham's family has returned back mm-hmm. to Laban and Laban's excited. He's like, oh, the guy with a bunch of stuff. <laughs> yeah, where's all, where's all? <laughs> That's funny. Where's all the stuff? And but Jacob's got no stuff, really. He doesn't even have a servant. Yeah. You know, Abraham was so wealthy and powerful. Yeah. Isaac didn't even go with the servant. Just oh, that's the a good went. point. Yeah. So now here's Jacob and Laban's probably like, whoa. Just this... one generation later. It's almost right. like you have to think like, what happened? Are you disowned? Yeah. Like, what's going on? And, you know, who knows? Like, like Laban probably doesn't know that he's just truly by himself. Yeah. You know, like he's looking at him by himself, but maybe his like caravans like over there, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so he's excited. And, and one of the things that we're going to see is that uh, uh, Jacob wants to marry Rachel, but, but he's, mm-hmm. he's, he doesn't come laden with gifts. And so uh, he, he stays a month. Yeah. And then the end of what you just read was interesting about paying him wages because uh, Laban's attitude towards him starts to change. Yeah. And so he says, just because you're my relative, should you work for free, name your wages. Mm-hmm. And to us, that kind of seems like he's being generous. Yeah. Right. Uh, but, but I think what it means is that he's, he's been, for a, for a month, he's been like a part of the household. Yeah. He's been treated like bone and flesh. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and, and now at the end, it changes. Now I need to make a contract so I can pay you. Yeah, because maybe you're helping out and you're, you know, helping out around the house because that's your family. Why not? But when you enter a contract, then like there's hard deadlines and deliverables. You got to start doing some real work too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this is a reduction in status, right? Mm -hmm. Because if he's actually a brother, if he's actually bone and flesh, then you get certain rights as a member of the household, but you don't get paid Mm -hmm. to do the work, right? Mm -hmm. That's not that like you have, you have something better. Yeah, exactly. You're like a part of the estate. But if you get wages, you're a hired hand. Mm-hmm. So he gets downgraded from being a brother to a hired hand. Yeah, and it's kind of like you're not really my brother. So let me uh, let me make a contract with you. Yeah, 
In our modern society that's based on wages, it's easy to read that and to think that Laban's being generous, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, you don't need to work for free for me. Let me pay you. But really what he's saying is you're not really bone and flesh. Yeah. I'm not going to treat you like that. And so yeah. I'm going to pay you wages, uh, which mm-hmm. in a kin society uh, is 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 a rejection of kinship, mm-hmm. right? Um, now, I think that the reason that Laban starts to deal harshly with Jacob is not just because he doesn't have any stuff, although I think that that, that, that does play a part in this and we'll get mm-hmm. to that in a moment. It's also because in a month's time, he's probably learned about Jacob's situation. Yeah. And like you just said, Jacob doesn't have any leverage. Yeah. Can't, where's he supposed to go? Right. Can't go back home. Esau's trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. He's not allowed to go to the land of Canaan and marry a Canaanite woman. Yeah, this is kind of all he has. This is it. And so, you know, this is how negotiation leverage works. Yeah. Last time, Laban definitely didn't have the upper hand. I mean, he had the the right to say yes or no yeah. for Rebecca, right? Right. But, you know, so much was being offered. It's like, how almost how could you say no? And right. it's my family. Here, right. it's like, well, let me negotiate this a bit because I clearly have the upper hand. This guy needs me, mm. is what it may seem like. And if Jacob's going to be faithful to what he's supposed to do, which is to not marry Canaanite women, but to find someone from his kin... Mm-hmm. Like you said, this is all you got. Yeah. Where's that? Where else are you supposed to go? Mm-hmm. And so uh, he's here, and um, the trouble kind of begins at this moment mm-hmm. when he becomes a hired hand. And so there's some uh, Exodus foreshadowing here. It's kind of interesting. I'm going to mm-hmm. go to Egypt, and Pharaoh's going to give Joseph and his family all that they want for a period of time, but then the family is turned on. Yes. And yeah. put into bondage. Yeah. Right. And so that kind of happens here. Jacob is treated as family at first, then he's downgraded. So then uh, when the Hebrews are slaves, they are still exceedingly fruitful and multiply mm-hmm. greatly. Right? That's what it says. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, we'll see that even in this situation, Jacob's going to multiply flocks and wealth and children, yeah. even under some oppressive conditions in this downgraded status. And so all this stuff is all that stuff is connected, right? And and that's on purpose. Like mm. that's why the Bible's so beautiful because these authors are connecting these things and these mm. stories with the language and with the themes. And so uh, now Jacob is is going to turn into a hired hand. Mm-hmm. But Jacob wants to marry one of Laban's daughters. Yeah, he wants to marry Rachel. Yeah, right. So let's do sixteen through twenty. Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah. And the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah had weak eyes, but Rachel had a lovely figure and was beautiful. Jacob was in love with Rachel and said, I'll work for you for seven years in return for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, it is better that I give her to you than to some other man. Stay here with me. So Jacob served seven years to get Rachel, but they seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her. Mm. So sweet. Well, love story right here. Aww. So we said that Rachel means uh, lamb. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Leah, Leah, the Hebrew Leah, is a little bit more tricky. Mm. So there's a Hebrew word that that sounds like like this. The root means wearied, mm. you know, like tired. But I actually think that they've uncovered some stuff that's kind of interesting. I think it means cow. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because there's like a, <laughs> there's an Akkadian and Arabic words, which were, were languages yeah. in, in the area. Uh, that are cognates that sound like that sound like this that mean sure. cow. Okay, and so the, and that kind of makes sense because that would mean the daughter's names are lamb and cow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I guess maybe don't 
name your daughter cow. No, but probably not the bad connotation that we have now of that. Yes, in in a shepherding society, yeah, that's like valuable, right? About yeah, your animals and 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 so so then so then you know, uh, Leah is described as having weak eyes mm-hmm. here, like weary eyes, mm-hmm. right? Which kind of makes sense. Picture that what that looks like. But I actually think that if we take it the, this other direction in terms of cow, mm-hmm. it means that she has cow eyes. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard that as a? I have never. You've never heard, heard that. that as a no. as a compliment. It's like a. It's like kind of like an old school compliment about having pretty eyes. Oh, like big, yeah, like big doe eyes. eyes doe eyes, deal. right. Yeah, okay. so we say doe yeah. eyes. But but yeah, cow eyes is not a very common expression, but like delicate eyes, mm-hmm. pretty eyes. And so you, you kind of think of like a Disney princess, mm-hmm. and how big their eyes are. Yeah. And their heads. Yeah. It's like you actually saw that someone like true. that. It'd be <laughs> yeah, weird. you'd be like, oh my gosh. But that's because it's like big doe eyes, mm-hmm. big, you know, big, big, big cow eyes. And so I, I actually think it probably means that she has pretty eyes. Mm. And then Rachel's beautiful of form and face. Yes. So it's kind of interesting. Like if what I'm interpreting here is correct, and then it means that that Leah had good eyes, but Rachel was good to look at with your eyes. Oh, now something deeper is revealed. You know I mean? Yeah. It's kind of interesting. So it's, I think that's going to be borne out in the forthcoming story because Leah is actually going to seem to see things very clearly. Yes. Yeah. Thank God for her children. She's going to deal, you know, shrewdly in a good way with this relationship that she's about to get yeah. into. <laughs> and uh, so, so uh, it's almost the opposite. Good eyes and mm-hmm. then good to look at with your eyes. Mm-hmm. And so they, they actually both have good qualities, but Jacob is in love with Rachel yes, because she's the one who's nice to look at. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he asked for her hand in marriage. And Jacob offers to work for her, like, you know, for Laban to receive her. He offers to work for seven years, mm-hmm. which is quite a dowry. Yeah, wow. Right? Dowry is like the bride price. And what's kind of interesting is when you get to Deuteronomy, there's going to be a law about the maximum dowry. Mm-hmm. And it's 50 shekels, which is, you know, probably if you think of in terms of wages, you know, something like, I don't know, 35% of this. Oh wow! This so is this a hefty is, this is steep. dowry. Okay. Yeah, and so you know, if I I think if Laban considered him bone and flesh, probably, probably lower would the not price be a like bit. this, right? Yeah. So in terms of cultural, you know, analysis, one of the things that's just interesting to note is what the bride price was. Mm. So sometimes it is made to sound like in these cultures you were selling your daughter to another family, yeah, and they were giving you something for her, mm-hmm. right? And uh, what we're going to see here is that's actually what Laban ends up doing. Mm. But that's because Laban's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. That's not actually what a bride price or a dowry is meant to be. So uh, if you think about um, when the Bible talks about the most vulnerable people of society, who do they who do they say? Women and children, yeah. Yeah, and specifically widows and orphans. Yes, yeah. So a widow is a woman who was married and her husband died. Mm-hmm. Well, that's precarious because how is she, how is she going to take care of herself now? Yeah, in that right? culture, what do you do? Right. And so the the bride price was actually supposed to be like the rainy day fund. Oh, so like if the husband passes, it's like she's still taken care right. of. Yeah. So you give a bunch of jewelry, mm. the family keeps it. If the husband dies, then there's that jewelry that the to sell or whatever. Yeah, that you can at, that you can at least have some kind of safety net, right? Mm-hmm. Like I mean, you know, 50 shekels uh, isn't going to, you know, that's that's not going to, that's almost a year's worth of wages, basically, mm-hmm. right? So 
it gives you, it's like life insurance almost. Yeah. Right? And, and so that that's technically what it's supposed to, to be for. That's what the bride price is. Mm-hmm. That's what the dowry is. That's technically still what it is in cultures like India that yeah. still do stuff like yeah. that. It's, it's not actually selling your daughter as mm-hmm. if she's a, a good. Um, although I'm sure, you know, people do stuff like that, but sure. But in cultures the, like India, still the, the husband is vetted before the dowry is paid. Mm-hmm. It's not like just, yeah, yeah. well, this guy's got the biggest dowry. So let's yeah, go. Yeah. It's still me with the guy and true, want to make sure true. he's a good person. And yeah, true. So that makes sense. So, the, so the bride price, uh, Jacob doesn't have any stuff right now. Yeah. He has to earn his, he's his an dowry, right? Yeah. So what's actually interesting here is that he offers the seven years. Yeah. Right? So it's not even really that Laban demands it at first. Jacob offers it, but it's probably because Jacob knows he's been downgraded in the eyes of yeah. Laban and he's going to have to offer something big mm-hmm. if he wants, mm-hmm. if he wants uh, Rachel's hand in marriage. Um, and so uh, he must be very taken by her, right? Yeah. She's good, really love She's her. nice to look at. <laughs> she's so, nice so. enough to look at that I'll work seven years. <laughs> so wow. uh, he, he does work seven years. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't say anything about how that happens. Just seven years passes in a blink of the yeah. eye. So this is what, what I mean when I say that the Bible is not a history book as such. Yeah, because don't you want to know what he was doing? It's during selective history. Yeah. Right? People always ask me uh, about like, what, what the Bible doesn't talk about anything from the time that Jesus was a baby until he's 30. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, technically there is a story. Yeah, there's right? one there's when one he's story, in the temple. Yeah. The temple. But, but no, that's true. Mm-hmm. And so people who because we're used to understanding things in our modern historical sense. It, yeah. it makes people have all kinds of like weird theories about it, but it's like, no, this is a selective story, uh, yeah. a selective history mm-hmm. about a point that is trying to be made. Right? Yeah. We're rapidly ap- approaching the point where there's nothing that we can't find out all the historical information on mm-hmm. in terms of like recent events in the last right, hundred exactly. years. We, everything's so well documented. Recorded, yeah. We know. So it's kind of like, we're taken aback when we can't dig deeper into like what happened in the in-betweens. Right. So here it's like, you know, whatever happens in these seven years is not particularly important to uh, yeah. the redemptive story of God yeah. going forward. Yeah. So it just says, yeah, seven years passes. And it says that the seven years seem like only a few days, which we all say, oh, so sweet. Uh, but what's kind of interesting about this language is that the, at the end of Genesis 27, so 2744, when Rebecca's telling Jacob to flee and go to Laban, she says, go to Laban for a few days. <laughs> Right? Well, he did in a sense. So <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I actually think the translation in the NIV is for a while, mm-hmm. but the Hebrew is for a few days. So he goes there, he's there for seven years, but to but him it, it only like seemed a like days. a few days, right? So seven years seems like a few days. Uh, another interesting thing about this, uh, the number seven, right? Which we've talked about a lot, but but when you, we get to the law, uh, if you have a debt slave, uh, a servant who comes mm-hmm. uh, under you, who's a Hebrew mm-hmm. and you're a Hebrew, you can only have that person work for you for six years. Yeah. And then you have to release them mm-hmm. of their of their debt. And so uh, six years and then freedom. Well, here he, he has to work seven full seven full years. Yeah. So this is this is symbolically pointing mm-hmm. to something about the situation that he finds himself in. So seven years and now now we should be good, right? So let's do 29, 21 through 25. Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife. My time is completed and I want to make love to her. So Laban brought together all the people of the place and gave a feast. But when evening came, he took his daughter Leah and brought her to Jacob. And Jacob made love to her. And Laban gave his servant Zilphah to his daughter as her attendant. When morning came, there was Leah. So Jacob said to Laban, what is this you have done to me? I've served you for Rachel, didn't I? Why have you deceived me? 
there's like some tomfoolery going on here again, you know? Like we can't, we just keeps we happening cannot, in the Bible. Yeah, the like, like switcheroo thing. The old switcheroo. <laughs> we cannot get away from this, <laughs> the wife switcheroo. Yeah, <laughs> so, it, <laughs> so it, it says, uh, give, give me my wife. Have you ever seen the Jimmy Fallon skit where give me back my son? No. Where it's like, you have to get as close to the other person's face as possible and yell, give me back my son and see if they can just stand there and not laugh. Oh, like okay. Actor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like an improv. That's skit, funny. Right. This is what I always think of when it's like, give me my wife. <laughs> uh, and he said, and it says here, it translates, I want to make love to her, which is a fine translation, but the Hebrew is actually like, I want to approach her, mm. which is a euphemism okay. for, for that. So that is what he means. Um, but basically what he's saying is I've done my work. Give me my wife. <laughs> and so what's interesting about this, and, and, and this is, one of the things that that actually sheds some light on something that happens in the Gospels is that when you become betrothed mm-hmm. in the Bible, in this culture, you're already married. Interesting. So then you don't consummate the marriage until the wedding. Okay. But it's not our idea of engagement. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. You've you, The contract, if you will, has been set. Mm-hmm. She's your wife. And so now you have this betrothal period. Uh, and then um, at, at the end of that, you have the wedding and it gets consummated. So uh, this is what it means in the gospels when it says that Mary's, you know, when Mary gets pregnant, she's betrothed to Joseph. Yes. And he yes. says he's going to break it off quietly. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, what does that mean? It's like, well, because what happened to her, if it wasn't supernatural act of God is punishable by death. Because they were already in the legal They're sense married. married. Betrothal is, yeah. is already so so that's so that's part of the reason why mm. he says, Give me my wife. Yeah. That because they actually have already come to this agreement. Yeah. And this is a seven year engagement, betrothal. It's a long time. Yeah. Uh, but uh he says, Give me my wife. We're we're gonna go consummate the marriage, right? Mm-hmm. This is this is the wedding day. And so they have a feast like you do on weddings. And the uh, it's kind of interesting here. The word here for feast specifically means a drinking feast. Mm. So <laughs> the root word is is to drink, miste, miste. And so uh, just like at weddings, there's wine mm-hmm. and there's alcohol. And so what we're going to see is that Laban's intention is to get Jacob liquored up because he's going to deceive him. Yeah. Right. We've seen this before. Where we see this? Noah gets pretty mm-hmm. drunk in his vineyard. Something and then, bad happens. Yeah. And then Lot's daughters specifically get him drunk to continue their family line. And something bad him. happens. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, we, this is not the first time we've yeah. seen this. Uh, and so Laban tricks Jacob and he's obviously drunk, right? And he brings Leah to him instead of Rachel. Uh, now, now uh, you know, also like, remember there's not really like artificial lights except for fire. Yeah, it's dark. Yeah. Because when you read this, you're like, how could he not know? Yeah, it's not like you can go, it's not like you, you go into your house and turn the light on. That's true. Okay. So it's dark. Uh, and in the ancient culture, you actually veiled. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, so, uh, for weddings, uh-huh. you know, and, and the veils that we use are like see-through yeah. veils. If, if a bride uses a veil yeah. and then you move the veil up to kiss the bride. Yeah. Right. Which actually, now that I know what that means, it's like very cool. Yeah. Like, I kind of wish know. we did that more. I know. Uh, but, but the veil at, and then in some cultures still today in ancient times, it's like a solid covering. Mm. Mm-hmm. So like you do not see the bride's face. Mm. So, you know, there's alcohol, there's drinking, there's a veil. Uh, <laughs> they're sisters. Uh, yeah. And so um, he, he brings her Leah instead of, of Rachel. In the morning, there was Leah. Uh-huh. So In the morning, there was there Leah. There was Leah. 
And so Jacob realizes this and look at what he says. Now, this is supposed to be ironic yeah. based on the story we've read so far. He says, why have you deceived me? Yeah. Why is that ironic? Well, then he just deceived someone. His name's Jacob. Yeah. <laughs> Yaakov, right? The the deceiver. And uh, we, we talked about how that's not really what that means. And we qualified it a little bit in terms of whether Jacob was actually the deceiver or not. But uh, here he's looking for the wife and he's looking in... Uh, uh, um, the reason he's here looking for the wife is because he deceived his father Isaac yeah, and got the blessing. He had to leave, yeah. <laughs> so now after this time together, Laban knows this, right? This yeah. is seven years later. I'm sure he's heard about it. And so look at what he says next. This is like such a, this is such a good own. This is yeah. uh, 26 <laughs> to 30. Laban replied, it's not our custom here to give the younger daughter in marriage before the older one. Finish this daughter's bridal week. Then we will give you the younger one also in return for another seven years of work. And Jacob did so. He finished the week with Leah and then Laban gave him, gave him his daughter, Rachel, to be his wife. Laban gave his servant, Bilhah, to his daughter, Rachel, as her attendant. Jacob made love to Rachel also, and his love for Rachel was greater than his love for Leah. And he worked for Laban another seven years. All right. So at the very beginning of this, it says, Laban replies, not our custom here to give the younger daughter in marriage before the older one. <laughs> now, the older one, what, what that actually says in Hebrew is the firstborn. Yeah. It's not our custom here to switch the younger and the firstborn. Mm. <laughs> I know you might do that around your exactly. neck of the woods, but. Isn't that funny? <laughs> uh, and so Jacob's life is this, right? Yeah. So so uh, it's it's this is true regarding what Jacob has just done. So Jacob yeah. wakes up and says, why'd you do this to me? And Laban says, I, you know, well, we don't we don't operate like like you guys, obviously, because you guys yeah. switch the the younger for the firstborn. What a long-term like own. Seven years. To be. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever thought of a comeback for like a really long time? <laughs> <laughs> it feels like when, if the situation ever arises, it never quite Seven goes. Seven years, it's, that was brewing. He's like, in one day, I'm going to say. He's like in like, the mirror. I like, feel like I'm you would do that, Jackie. <laughs> I've just, got some long-term plans. I can't, <laughs> I can't something, say. Some, something comes up in yeah. the future. Crazy that he didn't know that custom, or at least was under the assumption that Laban was not going to abide by that uh, custom. I think... It's not a custom, probably. Oh, okay. Just that was just something he wanted to say. I think he's. I think he's digging. <laughs> it's even funnier. Right? I think he. I think. I, I honestly like. I don't think this has anything to do with what their actual customs were. Wow. Right. Um, now it is kind of interesting in the ancient world. You know, you want your sons to stick around because they work, mm -hmm. and you try to marry your daughters off. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And um, what you know, and and this sounds bad, but but it's like you know, if if they're eating the food and they're involved in the household. And so, you know, when they leave, they're not, they're not eating the food anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, truly like that, that's, and, and agrarian cultures are still like this today. Yeah, absolutely. It's like part of the reason people had kids. And cause you think about the way that, you know, we think about having kids and you think about how like in the 1800s, it was like, oh yeah, they had 12 kids. Seven of them died. Yeah. And it we're was always like, like why did they going. keep having yeah. kids? Like, why didn't they just like, chill and it's yeah. like well they needed them mm -hmm. they needed the children to work mm -hmm. and so that that's you know that's kind of the way that that this is too so i guess laban's looking to get rid of both of his daughters he's like take them off my hands dude <laughs> like a two, two for one two for one deal and uh um you know so so he's, he gives him this line about about the custom and the older and the younger and then he says uh he says uh we will give you the younger one also Right, we. Who's we? Yeah. So this is kind of interesting because we've been talking this whole time about how the brothers handle handle the sisters' business, and mm -hmm. Laban handled Rebecca's business. But here, Laban, the father, is handling his daughter's business, right? Mm -hmm. Which is kind of weird. 
but the we it probably has to do with the brothers. Like all of the men in the family yeah. are kind of like we're yeah. deciding yep. this is what's going on. We'll give you the younger one too. <laughs> We've but decided. You, but you got to work another seven years. Oh my gosh. And so uh, I think that kind of theologically what's being laid out here is that Laban is another Isaac mm. in the bad way. Because mm-hmm. Isaac had a moment of not seeing. Yes, correct. He had a moment of honestly trying to railroad the covenant, mm-hmm. right? Because he was going to mm-hmm. give the covenant blessing to Esau who who should not have it. And uh, he, he was, you know, and so he's kind of like dealing shrewdly with Jacob. And here, here Laban's against Jacob as well. He's cheating him dealing shrewdly with him. Mm-hmm. And so it's like mm-hmm. Jacob already escaped his father's, his father Isaac's kind of like uh yeah. And now here's this. Now there's this the same yeah. thing. And so uh, he, he is given Rachel and they yeah. consummate the marriage before he works the seven years. Correct. That's correct. So at the end of the marriage week, yeah, he gets Rachel, but then he has to work seven years. It's nice that they didn't make him wait another seven years to consummate with Rachel at <laughs> fair, least, you fair, know? Fair enough. <laughs> There's one silver lining there for him. And so so uh, we'll, we'll have to see how this saga yeah. is all resolved. But this is how, this is the story mm-hmm. of how the father of the nation of Israel comes to find his wives who are yeah. going to give birth to the sons who become the sons of Israel. Yeah. It's quite, it's quite insane. Mm-hmm. Right, it's mm-hmm. drama. I mean, mm-hmm. this is this is soap opera type stuff. This mm-hmm. is like, you know, what was the show that you said you watched? Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah, that's soap opera stuff. Love, that love would happen. Drama. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, um, you know, again, strange in terms of our cultural understanding of marriage. Uh-huh. Strange in our our cultural understanding of families. Strange in terms of our our cultural understanding of sex. Uh-huh. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Right, so this is kind of why I have a problem with. Uh, there's kind of a, a, an American Protestant um, uh, idea about the Bible that is that anyone can can just pick it up and read it, and it's like, well, no, you can't because it's like these stories are like four thousand years old. Yeah, like we don't read anything else that's yeah that old. Like, would Correct. you read like? Like, no, I mean, I don't know. Like people just walk around and they read the Iliad and the Odyssey and they're like, yeah, this all makes total sense. Dude, I mean, like, I, I read books from the 1800s, 1700s. Like, what is that's ha- hard to it read. It is, yeah. right? Um, and so uh, that's why, uh, you know, it's it's a process mm-hmm. of learning this stuff. And, 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 and again, like you don't have to know all the stuff that you and I are talking about in order to find God through the scriptures. Correct. Right? Yeah. In order to meet Christ through the scriptures, yeah. in order to be saved. Uh, but in order to understand the ins and the outs of the text and some of the cool, you know, texture that, that leads to other parts of the story, you know, there's, there's a lot that you have to dig through. Mm-hmm. And so the culture of, of marriage and bride prices and, you know, bearing children and all of that, that is totally different than, than ours today. So to, to wrap up, I'm just going to say a few things about this situation. So mm-hmm. uh, according to the Bible, which this throws people off, because you're going to see a lot of characters in the Bible have lots of wives. Mm -hmm. But according to the Bible, polygamy is bad. Mm -hmm. And it's actually quite explicit about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Genesis 2.24, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. You can't cleave to two people. That's not what that Mm -hmm. word means. Mm -hmm. Uh, So so 
it's right there in the foundation story of, of man and woman and, and the creation of the, of the institution and the sacrament of marriage. Uh, but then it's also in Leviticus 18, 18, this specific situation is said that you should, yeah. right? A woman along with her sister, you are not to take into marriage. That's what yeah. Leviticus 18, 18 says. And uh, so although you, you're going to see this kind of thing in the Bible, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that it's like the will of God. Yeah. It doesn't mean that it's right. And what happens here in terms of like, Jacob's morality is hazy mm-hmm. because uh, Jacob was betrothed to Rachel. Yes. And then Laban gave him Leah. Right. And they consummated the marriage. Right. So the it's not quite as simple as like, oh, well, I guess Leah's my wife now because that was yeah. who was here on my wedding night. He's already married yeah. to Rachel. So he's married to Rachel. Now he's consummated the marriage with Leah. And so it's just, it, it, it doesn't really work like mm-hmm. that, right? And so again, remember the covenant with Noah. It doesn't mean that any of this is something that God would look at and say, mm-hmm. yes, this is good. Mm-hmm. This is how I yeah. want. If I were to, 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 you know, do this exactly how I wanted unilaterally, this is how I'd do it. It's, mm-hmm. not, it's not what God's promised to do. He's promised to work through us and, and, and we're sinful and, you know, we're not always the brightest, and so Laban is crafty and shrewd and he's tricking and deceiving Jacob. Jacob is drunk. Yeah. And, you know, seems to have some some mm-hmm. deception issues of his own. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he, here we are. So so Jacob's going to start to have children with these two wives. Yeah. Over the next couple of chapters. And like we said, it's going to be important because this is these are the tribes of, of Israel. Mm-hmm. This is how Israel starts to be formed. And it's just kind of interesting, you know, there's a lot in the Bible. There's a lot in, in the New Testament. Jesus talks to his disciples. He talks to the church and he talks a lot about suffering. And he, and he talks a lot about, you know, this world, there will be trouble in this world. Yeah. He also talks a lot about blessing. And so here we are all the way back to these foundation stories of the story that, that culminates in Jesus. And you already see this type of stuff happening where there's, mm-hmm. there's tremendous blessing mm-hmm. in being the covenant carrier. And yet what you're seeing in Jacob's life is there's also tremendous hardship. Yeah. There's tremendous suffering. There's tremendous perseverance required to, to run the race. And that goes all the way through the church and all the way to Paul. And uh, quite frankly, the reason that martyrdom is so um, mm. celebrated in the early church is because it's like that moved into the suffering of Christ, moved into what you're going to see. Mm-hmm the people of God in Israel, it, it's always suffering and blessing together. Mm-hmm. And Jacob kind of comes into a life where, where there's trouble. Yeah, absolutely. And there's definitely blessing. But, uh, you know, he's, he is somewhat under the thumb right now of a tyrant. Laban. Yeah. And uh, he's got himself a tricky situation relationally with mm-hmm. his wives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so next, uh, next uh, chapter, next week, chapter 30, we're going to see the, the children start to, to come to be. Mm-hmm. We'll see how this whole situation with Laban works out. Yeah. Mm. Anything else today? For people that say we go slow, I mean, this is the next to last generation in Genesis, correct? That is true. Although today might not be the right episode to say that because we didn't even finish all chapter today. No, so. I know. <laughs> for, people, but, for people who on. say we go slow, we did half a chapter today. <laughs> okay. So what'd you guys think? 14 verses. <laughs> you know, but, but you're right. Like, we're, we're getting 
in like we're getting into the actual formation of Israel. Yeah, and the hard cool. part is when you read stuff like this, it's like if you read it at a quick pace, so much happens so quickly. Right. Like at least I feel like at this pace we are getting a good look at each person's lives. Like we know each of these people well yeah, by the true. time we're done. True. True, and that's definitely going to be the case with Jacob. Yeah, he's, for he's, sure. He's, we'll we'll double down on, on him for a intensely. while. He's got a couple more very important episodes. Mhm. Uh, before his sons kind of take the reins and yeah. and see how all that goes. So uh, is, that, is that all we got today? I think so. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening and we will see you next week on Story Single Spirit. Mm-hmm.